Welcome to the Wicked Good Momcast, a podcast for Boston moms by Boston moms, a space to hear stories from real moms, to celebrate the beauty of motherhood and to normalize its challenges. Motherhood is hard, but it doesn't have to be lonely. You are a Wicked Good Mom. And now here are your Wicked Good Momcast hosts, Shannon and Megan. Hi, Wicked Good Momcast listeners. We know that one of the most stressful decisions a mom can make is how she will feed her baby. On today's episode, we're hearing from a local expert from NAP about the different feeding options and how at NAPs, they're supporting moms no matter how they choose to feed their babies. This episode is packed with helpful information, so grab a pen and a notepad and listen in. Today, we are welcoming Emily Silver to the podcast. She is a registered nurse who worked in labor and delivery before deciding to start Nurture by Naps with her partner, Jamie O'Day. Nurture by Naps stands for Newborn and Parenting Support. They are an in-depth learning platform that includes a pre-baby boot camp, labor and delivery prep, infant and child CPR classes, guides, how-to videos, ask a nurse, basically your one-stop shop for all things baby. We are so excited to dive into this conversation. Welcome, Emily. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here with both of you. We are so glad to have you. So we know each other in the mom world here in Boston, Mm -hmm. Um, but for our listeners who might not uh, know you yet, we would love for you to give a little bit of background. First, what we want to know, though, is you and Jamie worked in labor and delivery together. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. So we are both former labor and delivery nurses. Mm -hmm. Um, When Jamie got out of college. She went down to Virginia and worked on labor and delivery there. I worked on general medicine actually here in Boston for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then we both always wanted to be L&D nurses. And we started around the same time on labor and delivery. And that's where we became friends. So obviously that's, you became friends, but also birthed a business. Can yes. you tell us some of the questions <laughs> that you often got on the labor and delivery floor? Yeah. So it is like this running joke, right? That we birthed this business while (laughs) delivering babies on the night shift. Um, Because truly we did, we worked the night shift only. So we like slept all day. We didn't have kids at the time. We were married, Mm -hmm. slept all day, worked all night and um, came friends first. And as we took care of our patients, we would literally put the mom in the wheelchair, put the baby in the bassinet and bring them down to postpartum. And when you're a labor and delivery nurse, you have a really short window to make patients not only like you, but trust you because you're Mm -hmm. walking into like the biggest moment of their lives. Mm -hmm. And so Jamie and I loved that element too, of like quickly getting to know people and like us and trust us. So we always, we had the greatest of times on labor and delivery, but we would bring patients down, drop them off on postpartum. And I kid you not, it started to become this pattern where they would ask, you know, will I ever see you again? Can I get your cell phone number? Mm -hmm. Could you come to my house? Mm -hmm. laugh a little bit and oh no like you'll do great we'll see you another time like bye and you know it was one night it was probably like two in the morning at the nursing station we were sort of like why are so many people asking this Mm -hmm. because then we realized like they're actually really scared and like why are people this scared or anxious to go home from Mm -hmm. the hospital I mean I know it's a it's scary you're having a baby right so obviously there is going to be some element of feeling anxious, but it felt like a lot. We're like, what the heck is going on here? Mm -hmm. And so we started just looking around Boston, talking to people and sort of wondering like, what do people do when they're pregnant? Where do they go once they get home? Like who helps them? And really we're like, whoa, 
there was nothing. Mm-hmm. There was really nothing in Boston at the time, mm-hmm. basically. So that's sort of where the conversation started. And that's where Naps was born. Yeah. I <laughs> love that. Yeah. Sounds like you were like, you were understanding that you couldn't even answer the questions because you were leaving or they were leaving you before they had the questions, that they were having the questions after they went home. Yeah. And total, we didn't have kids yet, right? Yeah. Like we delivered thousands mm-hmm. of babies. Yeah. Um, and we knew I was very skilled at helping people deliver and breastfeed and take care of them in the hospital. But I didn't actually understand in that transition from the hospital to the home as mm-hmm. much as I then later learned when I had my own. Because I right. have three girls and Jamie has three girls. And so that added like another layer of empathy and understanding and taking care of our clients too. Sure. Totally. Yeah. Well, what motivated you guys to go from L and D to full time? We are all in with Nurture by Naps. Oh yeah, it wasn't very like uh, like a light switch, black and white. It was a yeah. lot of um, is, yeah. <laughs> many years of running Naps. So because we, we opened Naps in 2011, okay, so a long time ago, um, and it, we it was always a side hustle. You know, mm-hmm. like it was a labor of love. We loved it so much. We would do it on evenings and weekends and whenever we could find time, but we were working full-time in the hospital. And then I actually went back to school and became a nurse practitioner. Um, And so then I left the hospital to work as an NP in the office and take care of OBGYN patients. And Jamie taught for Northeastern. I taught for BC. Like we were the nurses that like had our hand in like every pot because we just loved so many aspects of women's healthcare, whether, you know, where could we be involved? So we had a lot of like jobs. (laughs) Plus we're running this company. And it was really um, around 2017, I'd say. I had had my first two. Jamie had had her first two. Um, And we all of a sudden realized one day that the company was growing. Like it was sort of like snowballing and becoming bigger and taking on a life of its own. And it needed attention. Like it needed Monday through Friday, full-time hours and attention. And so where I say it wasn't like a light switch or black and white is it wasn't easy to just be like, great, we'll just like quit all of our jobs and go run this company. It right. was really scary. Yeah. Um, because financially we were dependent upon our other jobs to like help us make this work. Mm-hmm. Um, and having full-time childcare, mm-hmm. which is also like an, a that's tough as a working mom to like finally decide like I need full-time childcare to run a startup that like, you know, <laughs> yes. um, so it just felt really scary. And then the wonder of like, oh my God, like, how do you know you're making the right choice? Mm -hmm. Um, So we had a lot of tough conversations and ultimately we were like, you know what, let's just, let's just do it. Um, And so I went and told the doctor I was working for, I, you know, I couldn't come any, you know, I had to get my notice and we left our jobs at the hospitals. We stopped teaching and we both got full-time nannies. Um, Well, Jamie had one at the time. She's way smarter than me. She, she (laughs) got involved in that way sooner than I did, but I was at a nanny and we got an office and we just started showing up to work every day and it paid off like 10. Like it, it, it was what the company needed. It just, it exploded that year. It grew the biggest it had ever been just in that year, just for us being there all the time. Which well, I really think cool. you tapped into a need in the community. Cause I was looking at your Instagram this week. You have almost yeah. 27,000 followers. Like, yeah. I don't know if they're all in the Boston area, but you definitely like you saw a need and you fulfilled it. Um, and clearly people yeah, are like, I love loving our Instagram followers because yeah. they're organic, they're real people mm-hmm. and they, you know, they're real parents and mm-hmm. they're super engaged with us. It's, it's the best audience. Um, 
they're largely the Boston area, but we've seen in the last year it really shift. Mm-hmm. And we have parents from all over the country um, and even out of the country a little bit following us now and and tuning in, which I think is pretty awesome. That's exciting. That's awesome. There, yeah. We touched very briefly on the many different services that NAPS offers, but today we do want to focus on feeding, which can be a hot button issue. All moms have their own story around that. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about how you work with expectant moms to determine if they want to start nursing or formula once the baby's born? Yeah, absolutely. So just for more like context too, um, so I mentioned I got my NP, Jamie's an RN, but we're both board certified lactation consultants. Mm-hmm. Okay, And that was something that, you know, became of interest to us after we each had our first um, daughters because we both struggled to breastfeed and we do this for a living. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I think that that's like an important piece of the puzzle to know about us too. But I think what is so important about feeding your baby is it's a conversation and education that must happen during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And that's really where we fall short on women. And the information out there for expecting parents, um, I find to be very heavy on the childbirth piece, which is great. You should have childbirth education, but not so much on feeding, newborn care, and parenting. Like, God forbid we even go past that first week home, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's so much of, like, this big moment, this delivery, and then and then that's it. And that's, like, one little moment in a very, very long journey. I know you both know this. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? yeah. <laughs> We're nodding up and down like crazy. Um, and so education at NAPS, like, that's, like, the biggest, great, the greatest starter point for patients to engage with us because you come to us when you're pregnant, and we have really real and honest conversations about feeding your baby right out of the gates. Mm -hmm. And so when you take a class with us, maybe you show up and you're like, I have no idea how I want to feed my baby. I'm like, no problem. Or I might have people in the class that are like, I am definitely breastfeeding. I am, I'm not breastfeeding. I'm formula feeding. Like we get a whole mix of people, which is awesome. Our classes cover everything, whether you want to hear it or not. It's like when you go to a childbirth class, like we don't just talk about vaginal deliveries. We talk about Mm C-sections too. Mm -hmm. Like you might not want to read that chapter because you don't want it to happen to you, but it might, right? So like we like to do a little bit of everything. That way, if something changes on your plan or doesn't go as you thought, there's less panic because you're like, okay, I remember Emily and Jamie mentioned that in class, right? So when you show up to a class, like you're going to get breastfeeding, pumping, bottle feeding, formula feeding, the whole run of the mill. Um, and it's our job to give people all of this information so they can make a decision that's best for them without any external judgment or pressures. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of where we get started on the prenatal journey. And you also can do prenatal lactation um, consults with us, which is great. If you're in Massachusetts too, they're largely reimbursed by, re- by insurance companies, um, but they're virtual. So you can do them from anywhere. And you jump on with either like me or one of our nurses and IBCLCs and you talk about what what you're planning for when it comes to feeding your baby mm-hmm. and actually start making that plan while you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> does that also, Emily, uh, does that run into like how to choose a pump and everything too? Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Everything. And so, and you know, it's great. People are recognizing that they can and should do this when they're pregnant, but there's still a lot of people that don't know Mm-hmm. or they don't sign up for it, or you don't know what you need when you're pregnant like you yeah. think you do. <laughs> right, you, yeah, you totally. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of our patients come to us when the baby's here. That's also mm-hmm. fine too. Um, it's cool if we already know them because then we have like that rapport and that trust already built, but plenty of people call us 
mm-hmm. that first day home, that first week home, those first months home. And, you know, maybe breastfeeding is going really well, but they're getting ready to go back to work and they don't even know how to pump or offer mm-hmm. a bottle. Mm-hmm. Or on the flip side, breastfeeding is challenging and it's not at all what they thought it was going to be. Um, and they need help to, you know, get it, get it to a better place. Um, or, you know, I feel that NAPS is known as like, we're known, I think, and I hope in Boston is like the liberal lactation consultants. We will never judge you. I could walk into a door, get on a phone with somebody and they hate breastfeeding and they're crying and they're doing it because they think they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so it's never my job to tell someone what to do. I truly will look at women and I'm like, what, how are you? (laughs) How are you? And like, what are you, what's working for you? What's not working for you? What do you really want to be doing? Yeah. And sometimes you get that like sigh of relief from people. And they're like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be doing this, whatever it is that they're doing. It's just uh-huh. not working for me, but I feel, I feel bad. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing it. And so we give people a lot of like prescriptions for permission. Yeah. 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 Permission to stop. Yeah. <laughs> permission to change the plan. Permission to breastfeed pump and use formula, like whatever, whatever it is. And that's huge. You know, I'm actually remembering when I stopped breastfeeding my daughter, she had been like biting me like hard for like a month and I had scabs, but I kept going because I thought thought that I was supposed to. We were almost to that year mark. We had gone through like the hard beginning and I was like, no way, like we're going to finish this out. Yeah. But I ended up desperately calling my mom. And I asked her for permission and I, I called her at work and I was like sobbing and I was like, this hurts so bad. I don't think I can do it anymore. And she was like, then don't. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, that's what I needed. So I think it's huge. Like you offer so many services, mm-hmm. but I would have killed just to know who to call when I brought my first baby home, especially. Well, yeah, I think lucky you called your mom and she gave you the permission yes. because it's key. It's key as a parent who you ask mm-hmm. for that advice. Um, because if you ask someone that's not a trusted resource for you, which it could be your mom, right? Like yeah. it could be your sister, it could be your pediatrician, yeah. it could be a lactation nurse. Yeah. But if you stray from your core people that won't judge you and will actually help you like come to the right decision, you can really get hit with a lot of guilt and judgment. You can't. Yeah, for if sure. If you had called the wrong person, they yes. might have been like. And that literally was like the only person the right. that I would have talked to. And I think. A lot of us have like that single person, but if we don't, like I said, yeah, that's an invaluable resource just to have like you to call. And especially if the clients have worked with you, like during the pregnancy, it feels like a safe space to be able to call you. I wanted to ask you, I know you offer a ton of like postpartum support. Yeah. Talk to us about ask a nurse. I know that's for members, but it's like a 24 hour line or something. Tell me. Yeah, I was on it right before I logged into this podcast actually. So inside of our, so our company is NAPS and that's sort of like where you can hit us with your, with services, whether it's prenatal or lactation or a new mom support group. Um, Nurture by NAPS is our online membership. Mm-hmm. And when you log into the membership, you enter this world of like parenting on demand. It's everything you could possibly have a question for in the parenting journey from pregnancy to newborns, to babies, to toddlers. We're most known for in the platform for ask a nurse. This is a board where you can post any question or your partner. We encourage families to share their login and use it together. Either person can come on, post a question, and we will answer you within 24 hours. Yeah. And so the people who manage the board are myself and Jamie, my business partner. And then we're really fortunate to have Ellen McHugh, who's a pediatric nurse practitioner, 
of over 15 years of experience as a pediatrician in the membership as well. So between the three of us, we're always on that board and we're rapid firing answering the questions. The purpose of the board is that, and any parent listening to this can relate, when you have a question, when you're a parent, it's usually, it it, it might not be urgent, but it certainly feels urgent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when you're tired, especially when your nipples are bleeding because your baby bit them mm-hmm. or like you were up all night. Um, things feel really hard. And when you have a question, you just, you need it answered right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, Luckily, we can call OBs, we can call pediatricians, there are places we can call for answers, but there are these questions that exist where you're like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I should call my pediatrician for that one. It doesn't feel big enough. Or like, I already called mm-hmm. yesterday, right? Like, it's just like <laughs> I five, I five questions. Like, I just, I don't know if I can call with all those questions. Like, this is just what happens. Yeah. Um, or we can't get a hold of anybody because there's not enough providers, right? <laughs> and so where do parents end up? Google. Yeah. Google. Yes. So Google slow. anything. Yeah. And you Google anything and it's going to end in like death. Like, right. It ends yes. like I, I clipped my baby's fingernail. Yeah. I clipped their nail, trimming their nails. And you're like horrified and the baby's fine. But you Google it and it's like viral death is coming Infection. your way. Something yeah. ridiculous. Yes. And you're just like, oh my God. Like, it's just it's a deep, dark hole that I don't want any parent on. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're on at one in the morning. So we're yeah, like, totally. don't do it. Come to the board ask the question there, you're going to get a medical evidence-based answer from a medical expert, mm-hmm. but also like we're going to meet in the middle and give you some real life parenting advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes I find myself writing on the board, like this is some real life mom advice here. That, 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 that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's trying to like merge those two worlds to, to meet parents where they are. That's yeah. Amazing. I love that. I feel like having the, almost like the friendship and the trust behind all of it is really the key to all of that. So for me, I have, I have three children and I had three totally different feeding experiences. I chose to bottle feed all three. However, I tried desperately to breastfeed number one and it was mm-hmm. horrendously painful. The lactation consultants I worked with at the hospital were not super forgiving. Nobody gave me permission to do anything but try harder. Um, number two, he latched at first and then never really did it again. Number three was a NICU baby. I pumped because I thought that I absolutely had to do that for her. I was horribly depressed. And then when she came home, we switched right to formula because my husband and I had had the conversation in a trusted space that said together the last two times it was really, really painful and really hard on me personally. When Caroline comes home, she is a formula baby. It released so much stress off of me. And I wish so desperately that I had had somebody give me that permission slip much earlier on because I feel like I missed a fair amount of my son's early days with being so consumed with the grief that I couldn't do what I thought my body was supposed to do. And as a type of person, like what I felt like was the checkbox I had to check. Um, and now today, outside of, you know, past my baby days, I am now finding myself as the person who gives permission to who, who like outwardly says like, um, you know, I can be your trusted person to say it's okay to, to step away. It's okay to stop or um, to figure out, you know, what's going to be best for you. So I love that NAPS is sort of built on this, inherent trust and friendship that mom to mom kind of advice just like boston moms but you're saying i can be a mom friend for you but i can also give you my evidence-based medical opinion too um i would love to know you know looking back at my own experience my husband was very involved in number three being a formula baby from the start um how can friends or family or a partner best support a new mom in her feeding journey from pregnancy and beyond 
I think the questions to be asking are how can I help you today? I love that. Um, really? Yeah. Because, because what happens is we often say things like, uh, how's the baby sleeping? Or, yeah. are, you, are you breastfeeding? Yeah. And I don't think people mean anything by it. I think yeah. people like don't actually just don't know what to say. Or those are like common things that come out of people's mouths, but they're super triggering to mm-hmm. new parents. Yeah. Um, especially because likely breastfeeding is challenging mm-hmm. and likely, more than likely, they're not sleeping, right? So it's like you kind of were just like, why are they asking me this? But um, I just think... And while that's a really broad question and can cover a lot of bases, that could cover feeding. Yeah. Um, And that's like, what can I help you with today? And sort of getting them to agree to something, right? Mm -hmm. That might look like unloading a dishwasher, folding a load of laundry. It might look like holding the baby so that mom can go upstairs and take a shower. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it might look like putting pillows all around her and being an extra set of hands while she breastfeeds, because we all know in those first few weeks, like yeah. by the time you get the baby on, like you need like 10 more arms around you. Yeah. Um, anytime a mom is breastfeeding or pumping, like bring that, bring that lady water. Like that's like the best thing you can do yeah. for somebody who's breastfeeding or pumping. Yeah. <laughs> like you're always thirsty when yeah. you're breastfeeding or pumping. Um, but I think just saying, what can I do for you today? Cause it could be washing pump parts. It could be washing bottles mm-hmm. and making them, pushing that person to like, let you do something. Yeah. Not yes. taking no for an answer. Give me one thing. Come on. Of the whole house, what's one thing that I can do? Yeah. 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 I mean, you make a good point because a partner, especially, or somebody who's in the home with you can be an active part of the feeding process. So like whether they are the person mm-hmm. physically feeding the baby or not, um, they can make, they can insert themselves to be an active part of the process. Even if it's just yeah. washing the pump parts or making you comfortable. I think that's great. Yeah. So in like our grandparent boot camp and in our pre-baby boot camp and in our lactation in-home visits, we teach partners and family members how to clean bottles, how to Mm -hmm. clean pump parts, how to assemble the pump parts. Yeah. Like all the little things that way, because like often women do everything because they just know how to do it. So like you breastfeed, put the baby down, then you go put your pump together, then you pump, then you make the bottle, then you store the milk. And you just know how to do it. So you just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's not that your partner wouldn't help you. It's likely that you just haven't asked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're like showing them how to do it. So we teach everyone how to do everything. Mm -hmm. Because that way, if a mom's like, think about when you were pumping, if like your husband or your partner just brought you a a clean assembled pump, like and anticipated that you were about to pump and it was already ready to go. Like those little things are super helpful. Yeah, I love that. Or even learning like for your partner to learn how to thaw the breast milk and how long it like frozen can be out of refrigerated or fresh. Like there's all these things that a mom has to learn too, but I think it's important that the partner know as well. Every and the family too, whoever is helping with that baby must know all these things. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. (laughs) If they truly want to be a helper. Yeah. Yeah. That's a helper. Yes. (laughs) Well, if you could leave our expecting moms or moms of newborns with one (laughs) solid piece of advice today coming from you, both as a nurse and a mom yourself, what would it be? Well, in light of the fact that we're talking about feeding, I would just say to women out there, when you are in it and you're having a hard time, I want you to ask yourself, what are you making feeding your baby mean in that moment? Yeah. What are you making it mean? Because oftentimes I find women um, who are having a hard time, however it may be, it could be with breastfeeding, it could be with pumping, it could be even kids that have trouble with bottles. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, 
the first step is like really taking a step back and asking yourself, like, what are you making it mean to you? Cause, cause you're probably being hard on yourself mm-hmm. and you're making it something that maybe it doesn't need to be because of outside pressures or forces, mm-hmm. maybe not, but like commonly we are. Um, and could you take a step back and shut out all the outside noise and just say out loud, what is best for me? The mom for, forget baby for a second and everybody else, like what is actually best for me? What would work best for me? Because that's, what's best for the baby. Mm-hmm. That's what's best for the baby. Um, and if you're really hung up on <laughs> feeding choices for your baby, I always tell everyone, go ahead and read Emily Oster's book crib sheet. Yes. 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 <laughs> chapter on feeding, a whole lot of evidence-based research in there, and it will make you feel very good if you're breastfeeding or mm-hmm. using formula or both. Mm-hmm. Because they're all good choices. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what are you making it mean and what is best for you? I love that advice. Yeah, absolutely. Crib sheet uh, should be on everybody's must read list. It came to me long after I could have used it. Um, but it was, you know, that evidence based information helps you to sort of sit in your own desire and decide what's best. So, Emily, I love that. Our listeners can find all of this information and much more information about NAPS and how you can utilize NAPS on their website, which we will link in the show notes here. Emily, to wrap up every show, we ask all of our guests the exact same question. Oh, boy. (laughs) What are you loving about raising a family in Boston? Oh, I love the city so much. (laughs) Yeah. I love it because my older girls are seven and five. Mm -hmm. So they can scooter everywhere. We can walk to school and the baby's little. She's one. So she's in the stroller. And I love that I can get out of the house fairly easily because there's not a lot of logistics. I can throw everybody into the stroller on their scooters and go. Mm -hmm. And I can get to the North End. I can walk to a workout class. I can like be outside when I want to be outside. I just, I love the city. I love it. And my kids love it too. So just being able to walk everywhere, I think, is so awesome. That is really sure. awesome. Yeah. And stroller age is the best. Yes. And we're <laughs> so all packed man. into a very small space. All three of my girls share a room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's just a cool experience. They're yeah. little besties and they don't need, kids don't need a lot. They yeah. don't. Mm-hmm. So it's fun right now for this time That's in cool. our life. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure how fun it'll be if they're all in high school, but for now, it's fun in this time of our lives. (laughs) That's right. Oh, Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. I I really feel like this is such an important conversation that I wish I had had access to when I was pregnant or postpartum or a year in. (laughs) So um, I know this is going to reach listeners who need it and just be a really great support for them. Oh, well, thanks so much for having us. And hopefully I'll connect with anybody out there listening anytime soon if you need any help at all. Yes. Pregnancy or postpartum. For sure. Listeners, we only have one episode left in our Wicked Good Pregnancy series. We have been so fortunate to learn from Boston's leaders in this field over the last few months. And we hope that you have shared this series with an expectant mom who would benefit. Thank you so much for being here. You are a Wicked Good Mom. Mm -hmm.